Shabbat Shalom, my beloved brethren. The topic of our lesson for today is about faith. Central in any religion is the word faith. Essential in the attainment of salvation, which means it is an indispensable element that without which we will not be saved. Our calling in Yahusha is a call to take a journey of faith. And like in all journeys, there are lessons to be learned that help us as we acquire faith, the true faith that is. So as we begin the first step in the journey, we begin with faith. We continue in faith and finish our journey in faith. That brings us to our first question, beloved brethren. Why do we need faith? Let's begin reading here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 1 and 6. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Why do we need faith, beloved brethren? Faith begins with hope. What are the things we hope for? Things we cannot see. There's so many. For instance, bright future. We long for a bright future that only for us, even for our children, our children's children. We long for a long life, good health. But the most important thing that we really hope for is salvation on the day of judgment and the attainment of eternal life. This is the reason we serve God. This is the reason we worship him. This is the reason we do good things. This is the reason we obey his commandments. Why? We want to please our God. This is the bottom line, beloved brethren. This is where our hope is anchored upon. We worship God because he is our creator, the creator of all things, our provider and protector, our savior through our King Yahusha. And in the process of serving him, we have that hope that our efforts will be rewarded for he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In verse six, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. <clears throat> For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Believe that he is what, beloved brethren? He who comes to God must believe that he is God. We cannot just come to him hoping that he is God, but we come to him believing that he is God. Therefore, in our effort to serve God, that we may please him, it is necessary 
that we couple our hope with faith. What is faith? Faith is being certain of what we hope for, even if they cannot be seen. What is the basis of that faith and hope, beloved brethren? It's the word of God or the promise of God. The promise of God is what we are holding on to. This is the reason we have this firm conviction that no matter what this life may bring us, we trust and hold on to the promises of our God. Yes, God has a promise. And we believe it, even if there is no physical or tangible proof of it. That is faith. Why do we have faith? Because there's a promise. Without that promise, we do not have that biblical faith. It is just merely a blind faith. Many people claim to have faith, but faith is not just something we profess. It must also be something that we must possess. How do we prove our faith in Yahuwah, beloved brethren? Let's read here in the book of James, chapter 2, verses 14 and 22. My friends, what good is it for one of you to say that you have faith if your actions do not prove it? Can that faith save you? Can't you see? His faith and his actions work together. His faith was made perfect through his actions. How do we prove our faith? In our God, Yahuwah, beloved brethren, we prove it by actions. Apostle James in the verse asked rhetorical questions that faith without works or actions cannot save us. Faith and works must complement each other. They must work together. What happens when faith work and works work together? Faith is perfected. The verse said his faith was made perfect through his actions. We perfect our faith by leaving our faith. In this connection, beloved brethren, we are going to have a short program. The title of the program is Leaving the Faith. That short program is around 15 to 20 minutes only. We will bring to you biblical verses that we can live by as we search, as we quest for perfection in the eyes of our God, Yahuwah. We are going to make the announcement as soon as everything is up and running. We continue with our lesson. How do we leave our faith, beloved brethren? By taking progressive action towards the fulfillment of God's promise. The promise of God gives us direction. The faith that we possess requires us to walk that path, the journey of faith. It is said that the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. So we take that first step. The beginning is usually the easy part. And as we go through in the middle part, it gets hard and harder. And the hardest is towards the end. Our calling in our King Yahusha is a calling to a journey of faith. It is a journey that for us to be able to complete, it requires a growing faith, not stagnant. 
who is an example of a servant of God? Who was called to a journey of faith, beloved brethren? Let's read here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 8 and 9. It was faith that made Abraham obey when God called him to go out to a country which God had promised to give him. He left his own country without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the country that God had promised him. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who received the same promise from God. Who is an example, beloved brethren, of a servant of God, who was called to do a journey of faith. It was Abraham. How did his journey of faith begin? It begins with a promise from God. And what was that promise? That he will be given many descendants. He will be the father of many nations. How did he respond to the promise? What did he do, beloved brethren? He took action. And what kind of action did he take? It's an inconvenient action. Why is it inconvenient? Because it is not that easy to relocate. He did not simply relocate. He left his own country without knowing where he was going. That is fate. Abraham started out well in his journey of fate by following exactly what Yahuwah, our God, had asked him to do. Was he able to complete his journey of faith, beloved brethren? <clears throat> Let's find out from the Bible. The book of Romans chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. <clears throat> for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Let's pause for a while. What happened here when God said that is uh, in the narrative in the chapter 15 of Genesis, God took him outside and asked him to look up the sky and try to count the stars if he is able to number them. And that was when God said to him, that is how many descendants you will have. The number of the stars, if he is able to number them. We continue. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Was Abraham able to complete his journey of faith, beloved brethren? Yes, he was able to. He became known as a great example of faith. How did his faith grow? He kept believing God's promise, even if it 
became more and more physically impossible. Why? What made it physically impossible? Because at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb, who was 90 years old then. What was God's promise? He will have a son through Sarah. Why did he keep believing? Because he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. What happened to his faith while he waited? It grew even more stronger. But the question is, was Abraham's faith always strong, beloved brethren? Let's find out. Genesis 16, verses 1 and 3. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him, but she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, Yahuwah has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. Was Abram's faith always strong, beloved brethren? Unfortunately, no. It took many years to develop from faith to faith. He went through test, and with his faith, he passed the test. Then he took another test where his faith grow. So it is faith to faith. What helped develop the faith of Abraham? It's the tests that happened throughout his journey. And what was one? After waiting 10 years, 10 years, the promised son was not yet fulfilled. What did Sarai do? She took matter into her own hands. She said to Abram, Yahuwah has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. Sarai tried to look for a human solution to a God-sized problem. Couldn't wait. Couldn't wait for God's promise to come into fruition in his own time. Abraham agreed with Sarai's proposal. Abraham was carried away. He agreed with Sarai's proposal. Sarai took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abraham as a wife. Brethren, we too, we also are in a period of waiting. In this life, what is it that we are waiting for? For instance, we are waiting for the time when this pandemic will end. 
the pandemic has made it really hard, very difficult for all people, not just some, but all. As members of the assembly of Yahushua, what are we waiting for? Apostle Peter said to us, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. What does it mean? It means at the right time, at God's right time, he will restore us. This is the reason, beloved brethren, we are still here. Even though we are persecuted, we are hindered, humiliated. We are ostracized, but we are still here, beloved brethren. Why are we not leaving? Because we have completely put our trust and faith in our God, Yahuwah. And that faith of ours grows stronger and stronger every day. Brethren, are we to take matters into our own hands? Shall we not wait? We will wait. So we be careful not to take matters into our own hands because our God at the right time, in his own time, will lift us up in honor. What was the result when Hagar became pregnant? Our lesson will be continued, beloved brethren. Shabbat Shalom, my beloved brothers and sisters in the faith. Just like Abraham, we too were called into a journey of faith in and through our loving Mashiach, Yahushua. A journey of faith often involves the interplay of two phases. There's the action phase where we have to take action in faith because we cannot complete the journey of faith without action. And sometimes the action required of us is one where we need to make sacrifices, where we need to continue to do what Yahuwah Abba wants us to do, even if it means having to go through difficulties and persecutions. This is the action part of faith. However, besides action, there are times when Yahuwah wants us to wait. And so there's action, waiting, action, waiting until we at last complete the journey of our faith. Of the two phases, action and waiting, sometimes the more difficult part is waiting on God. Because when people wait on Yahuwah to deliver and fulfill his promises, there are those who are tempted to abandon the promise, to abandon the faith. And there are those like Abraham who may be tempted to take matters into their own hands, to provide human solutions to the promises of Yahuwah Abba. There's nothing wrong with doing our best to solve our own problems. However, we need to make proper discernment to make sure that we understand the difference between a time to take action and a time to wait upon Yahuwah to fulfill his promise. And so when Abraham agreed to Sarai's command or decision to sleep with Hagar, her servant, what happened after that? Let's go ahead and read what it says in the book of Genesis. 16, four down to six. So Abraham had sexual relations with Hagar and she became pregnant. But when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. And Sarai said, said to Abram, this is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, 
she treats me with contempt. Yahuwah will show who's wrong, you or me. Abram replied, look, she is your servant, so deal with her as you see fit. And Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. And so when Hagar became pregnant, after Abram agreed with Sarai's decision to sleep with her servant, Hagar, what happened? Well, when Hagar became pregnant, she began to look down on Sarai. Perhaps she was thinking, I am the one who bears Abram's child. I should have a higher position in this household. And so she began to treat Sarai with contempt. And how did Sarai take this? Not so well, and rightfully so, because after all, she is the true wife of Abram. And so Sarai got offended, and she began to blame who? Abram. Abram, this is all your fault. Why did you get her pregnant? So what did Abram say to Sarai? Abram said to Sarai, look, she is your servant. Do with her as you please. And so she began to mistreat and to treat harshly uh, uh, Hagar. And so there is hostility, internal strife, and contempt. It became so bad, what eventually happened to Hagar? She was driven away, and she ran away from Abram and Hagar's place. And so what happened after Hagar ran away? Let's read Genesis 16, 11 and 12. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For Yahuwah has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, <clears throat> as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. And so when Hagar runs away and goes into the wilderness, what happens to her? Yahuwah sends an angel to speak to Hagar. What did the angel say to Hagar? If we read the chapter, Genesis 16, we find out that the angel tells her and instructs her to go back to Sarai and submit to her authority. What else did the angel say for her to do? The angel also said that you're going to have a son and you are to name his son Ishmael. And what would become of Ishmael? Bible says he'll be a wild man, like a wild donkey, and he will live in open hostility against your relatives. It turns out this would be prophetic because Ishmael would become the father of the Arab nation. And we know even to this very day, there is open hostility between the descendants of Abraham through Isaac and also the Arab nation. Israel versus the Arab nation, we know this is also what is happening to this very day. And so what we can see is when we try to solve the problems that hinder the fulfillment of the promise of Abba on our own terms, it doesn't get good. It becomes worse, right? This is why there are times when we have to wait and we need to learn to wait on Yahuwah for him to deliver his promise. Abraham, he was a human being. Yes, he made mistakes along the way. But what did he eventually learn? He learned to trust Yahuwah Abba. He learned to wait 
on Yahuwah Alahim. Do you know at what age Abram was when Ishmael was born? He was 86 years old. So we can say when he was 85, 10 years after the promise was made, he kind of failed the test, right? However, he waited again for how long? Perhaps 14 years, because it wasn't until he was 99 when he would receive the announcement from Yahuwah that Sarah at last is going to bear a son who would be called Isaac. And so he had to wait a total of 25 years. Is 25 years a long time, brothers and sisters? It is a long time. This is why when it comes to waiting, sometimes we are tempted to abandon the promise or we are tempted to come up with our own solutions. Abraham learned eventually how to grow his faith. We too must learn to grow our faith. And how can we grow our faith? Two things. Number one, we have to learn from our mistakes. Abraham made mistakes. We need to learn from our mistakes from, to go from faith to faith. What else? We need to be fully persuaded, fully convinced that Yahuwah has the ability and the power to carry out his promise. And so when Abraham finally was given the promise on Isaac, how else would he be tested? Let's read what it says in the book of Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. It was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God would be able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. After Yahuwah gives the promised son to Abraham, Isaac, the one through whom his descendants would come from. What was the test given to him by Yahuwah? Yahuwah tells Abraham, now that you have your promised son, I want you to sacrifice him as an offering. What would that mean? It would mean he would have to kill his own son. Can you imagine that test? Here is your son that you waited for, for how long? 25 years of waiting and testing. And then Yahuwah, who promised the son to you, is telling you, you're going to have to kill your son. How would you feel? You know, Abraham, when this command was given to him, he was far along his journey of faith that we can say he was close to a perfect faith. And so when Yahuwah told him, sacrifice your son right away without any, any hesitation, he did exactly that. He went to Mount Moriah and he executed, uh, the, he initiated the act of killing him to obey the voice of Yahuwah. What did Yahuwah do? He sent an angel, right? And stopped Abraham from killing his son, Isaac. He passed the test of faith. And how did Abraham pass the test of faith? If you look at the passage in verse 19, it says, Abraham reasoned. What does it mean that Abraham reasoned? He thought about what Yahuwah said. You see, the Christian faith is a reasoning faith. It's based upon reason. But what is the basis of that reason? The promises of Yahuwah. You see, 
Abraham reason because Yahuwah gave him a promise. Do you still remember the promise that Yahuwah gave him? Yahuwah said, you're going to be a father of many nations. You're going to be a father of many descendants. And so he reasoned, if Isaac were to be dead, if he were to die, for Yahuwah to fulfill his promise, he would have to raise him back to life, right? And so he reasoned that Yahuwah is going to bring him back to life again. This was his faith. And how did he have this faith? He was persuaded. He was fully convinced that Yahuwah had the power to carry out his promise. And so he passed the test. How about us, brothers and sisters? What promises of Yahuwah Abba are we waiting on? Many, right? For example, there's the promise of the holy city. There's the promise of a new body. Can't you wait to have a new body? What kind of body are we going to have? A glorious body, a body that doesn't get old, doesn't get sick. It will be eternal. It will be a glorious body, like the body of Yahushua. Do you believe in that promise of God? What else is the promise of Yahuwah? We will be with him in his kingdom, with his son, Yahushua. We're going to see their glory fully manifested in the place promised to each and every one of us. Do you believe this promise of Yahuwah? You see, if we are to grow in faith, we need to believe that. But that is, of course, the end of our journey of faith. That's the finish line of our journey of faith. Where are we at now in our journey of faith? We're in the middle. And when you're in the middle, it's not really a fun place to be. Because in the middle, we're going to be tested with many kinds of tests. So the question is, how can we pass the testing of our faith? Let's read what it says in the book of Hebrews 11, 13 to 16. These men of faith I have mentioned died without, without ever receiving all that God had promised them. But they saw it all awaiting them on ahead and were glad. For they agreed that this earth was not the real home, but that they were just strangers visiting down here. And quite obviously, when they talked like that, they were looking forward to the real home in heaven. If they had wanted to, they could have gone back to the good things of this world. But they didn't want to. They were living for heaven. And now God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has made a heavenly city for them. How can we pass the test of our faith? As we go from faith to faith in our journey so that we can reach the promised land. We have to learn to live by faith, not by sight. Many people in the world today are being trained to live by sight, not by faith. And this is why when you go to school, young members of the assembly who are here, you go to high school, you go to college, right? What do they teach you? They teach you about what is happening in the world. They teach you all about the world. And there's nothing wrong with that because we need to be useful while we are here on earth. However, what they fail to teach us is that there's a better world that we cannot yet see. This is only seen by eyes of faith. Question is, how much are we longing for our real home? What is our real home? Not anywhere here on earth. This is why the Bible says we are pilgrims or strangers. Where is our real home? The kingdom of heaven. 
who are those who live by faith and not by sight. They are those who would long for to live in heaven more so than here on earth. And so the question is, how often do we think about our home in heaven? How often do we think about our life to come when we are with Yahuwah and we are with Yahushua? When we have dreams, when we have these fantasies, what do we fantasize and think about? Think about? Do we think about what life is going to be like in heaven? Or do we think about the new house we're going to have, a new car we're going to buy? Is that what we fantasize about? Is that the focal point of our dreams? There's nothing wrong with working hard and having a good life here on earth. However, if we think that all that there is is this life here on earth, then we're not living by faith. We're living by sight. We should be more excited about what God is going to do in the future than what we can presently have here on earth. This is how to live by faith, not by sight. Well, how can we live by faith and not by sight when we face problems and troubles and sorrows in our journey of faith? Let's read the final passage of our studies today in the book of 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our inner strength in the Lord is growing every day. These troubles and sufferings of ours are, after all, quite small and won't last very long. Yet this short time of distress will result in God's richest blessing upon us forever. So we do not look at what we can see right now, the troubles all around us, but we look forward to the joys in heaven, which we have not yet seen. The troubles will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. This is the statement of Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul, a great servant of Yahuwah and Yahusha, did he face troubles and problems in life? Absolutely. We cannot even imagine the kind of sufferings he went through. After he was called to be an apostle, it was one suffering, one trouble after another. He was persecuted. Many people wanted to kill him and left him for dead. Yet, despite what was happening to him, the persecution, the oppression that he endured, you know what he said about his problems? Apostle Paul said the troubles that we're suffering are quite small and won't last very long. Practically all of his life after his calling, it was all problems. And it was not small, but he said it's small. Do you know why he said it was small? Because he compared it to what was in store for him. What was in store for him and also those who belong to Yahushua who are faithful to him. Bible says the joys that will come forever. And the joy is great. Greater than anything we can imagine. This is why Apostle Paul said, you know, my problems, my sufferings, my sorrows right now are small. They're nothing. Because he compared it to what is to come. And what was he able to see that was to come? What he was able to see that was to come are the promises of Yahuwah, which cannot yet be seen with our physical eyes, but with the eyes of faith. Apostle Paul saw it, and he claimed it. And so what must we do as members of the assembly of Yahusha? While we wait for the promise of Yahuwah to be delivered to each and every one of us, 
Brothers and sisters, let us endure the sufferings and troubles. Let us learn from them and grow in faith. How can we grow in faith when we face troubles and problems in our life? If you notice the passage, it mentions there in verse 18, will result. Apostle Paul says the troubles that we're facing now, it's actually producing something. It will result in something. What is that? God's richest blessings upon us forever and ever. And so, brethren, let us not give up. Let us continue and finish the journey of faith. And in our journey, we must grow from faith to faith. You might say, but brother, I have many problems and I fail. Abraham, when he went from faith to faith, he also had problems. He also had setbacks. He also stumbled and fell, but he did not give up. And eventually he would become known as a hero, a patriarch of faith. Not because he was perfect, but because he did not give up. And so, brothers and sisters, whatever you're facing now, do not give up. Remember, if in the past we fell, let's get back up and grow from faith to faith. Why are we confident we can grow from faith to faith? Because we have Yahuwah and Yahusha who, has, who have compassion upon us. You can think of it this way. Yahuwah's compassion grows from compassion to compassion. Mercy to mercy, love to love. It is because of the mercy, compassion, and love of Yahuwah that we're able to grow in our faith. A long, long time ago, on a mountain named Moriah, Yahuwah tested Abraham and said to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your promised son. Abraham said yes, but it was not actually done. The reason why Yahuwah tested Abraham to sacrifice his son is because Yahuwah was dropping hints about what he would eventually do. Because on that same mountain, what did Yahuwah do? He gave up his son, Yahusha. He sacrificed his own son, Yahusha, so that we can have the promise of our faith. This is why even though we are human beings and we fail many times, there's no reason for us to give up because Yahuwah's love is unfailing and he will be with us. He gave up his son. He's also going to give us everything else we need so that we can at last complete this journey of our faith. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting and most holy father, you are indeed filled with compassion and mercy. Your unfailing love is the reason why up to this very moment, we are able to stand alongside you in your presence, despite our imperfections, despite our infirmities. Father, thank you for being patient. You have always been patient with your people. When we study your holy book, we see your people in the past, how they have stumbled, how they have felt. 
and when we think about what they actually did. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with awe by your demonstration of kindness, because despite the imperfections of your people, you were right there beside us, giving us chance after chance. Thank you, loving Abba, for not giving up on us, because we, just like our descendants, are stubborn. Sometimes we refuse to, to obey and listen, but you are still there. You don't give up on us. Father, we heed your voice today. Teach us to live by faith. Teach us to long for heaven, to anticipate it with so much zeal that the problems of this life no longer become true, that no longer matter, that we are able to become strong and complete our journey of faith. Father, listen please to our cries as we wait for you to answer our supplications. Teach us to wait, but at the same time, give us comfort and peace. And if it's not against your will, may you deliver your people from sickness. May you deliver us from hardship. May you please comfort us, O loving Abba, with your divine presence always. May you bless our children. Teach them to live by faith, to hope by faith, to be fully persuaded that you can do whatever you want, that all of your promises will be fulfilled. And one day soon we will rejoice when we will see your completed work when we are with you in your heavenly kingdom. Loving Mashiach Yahushua, before you are your servants, we pledge loyalty to you, faithfulness to you. Help us to walk the walk of faith triumphantly. If ever we stumble and fall, be there to pick us back up on our feet, to be able to complete this journey. Strengthen us, loving Mashiach, and teach us to endure until the end. Amen. Father, we believe that you have listened to our prayers. You have blessed each and every one of us today, for we ask everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen.